right, we're on. Does contain nuts, the podcast that grabs life by the balls. I'm Phil Highland, Lee Hogarth. Hogarth, who? Lee Hogarth is, uh, is, is, is over there. And we've got an excellent guest again this week. We've got an absolutely, um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good chat. I'm excited for this one. Um, what's your name then, mate? Introduce yourself. Uh, so, uh, my name is Chris Tibbetts and I'm an overeater. I have to say this every time now because it's part of my therapy. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, this is this is Overeaters Anonymous, isn't it? I've come to the right group. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Nuts. Oh, shit, yeah. wrong one. I'm in the wrong meeting. Sorry, guys, I have to go. <laughs> ah. Chris Tibbetts. Chris Tibbetts, the Overeater. Mate, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Me, uh, Lee and I are, are, um, are super, super looking forward to this one because you come from um, the stable, the unstoppable stable. We had um, Ben done last week. We've had Mr. Myers on here as well. Lee yeah. and I have both come through it, and that's where we, we all met, right? Yeah. How you it feeling? Was. Are you pleased to be here? Uh, yeah, very pleased to be here. Thanks for the invitation, guys. Uh, really uh, grateful uh, to uh, get to speak to anybody at the moment. Um, yeah. So uh, it's here. always good to share my story and uh, you know, see some familiar faces from the past. So uh, yeah, see great. Right. Thanks for the invitation. I'm looking forward to having a good old chat with you guys. No worries, mate. And you've got a hell of a story to tell as well, which I'm both of us I know, are looking forward to getting into. But first, can we just reflect on that very professional looking background you've got? I'm here with a, with a, with a mirror and a hoover somewhere and something else. Lee's there with a box of, I don't know what they yeah. are. The games to go in the bin. Games to go in the bin. And, and, and you're there, Mr. Tibbetts, with a fantastic looking background. Look at that. How good is that? Well, all I can say is uh, it's from years of living in a corporate background, you see. You sort of like get sort of brainwashed into being very corporate and doing things. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, it's more, more luck than uh, planning, to be honest. But uh, it's come up. The only thing that is interesting is this is the first, I'm going to touch wood now, I say podcast where my dogs haven't decided to come and um, bomb the thing. And these, these backgrounds are great until somebody either walks in or a dog jumps up because it just ruins the uh, image. Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, I'm doing well today because they're not around. They're not fighting. Um, I was on one call the other day and a uh, message popped in the box goes, you do realize your dogs are killing each other in the background. I went, oh, no, they're just playing. It's fine. <laughs> Turn around, it's a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned what just be- sorry, legal. What what kind of dogs you got, Chris? I've got two uh, labradoodles and two lasso apsos. But it's the two labradoodles who are the troublemakers. So, uh, mate, my folks have got a labradoodle, and it's a great dog now. But when they first got it, Jesus, she, she's thirteen now. She was an absolute nightmare, like mm-hmm. real bad, like ripping the clothes off the line and tearing them up like my mum everyone thought my dad was beating her because she was covered in bruises ah, it's just a dog <laughs> yeah. but then yeah took her to a trainer and, and, and she was fine yeah these two definitely need to go to trainer. honestly we go for a walk and it's like they want to play with every dog they meet they want to talk to every dog they meet and they're very vocal and very they don't growl but they just they talk and it's like just shut up <laughs> and we go for a walk it's more like a drag and it's like so i end up walking and I've got fantastic forearm muscles because I'm constantly tensing them as I'm walking along, holding them back. Mm. Yeah. Nightmare. Nightmare. I think they need some training, but uh, yeah. Ah, one of those. I think you take some of the character that way. Yeah. I did get a trainer for my dog, Prince, um, but really I don't think he's got any issues. I think um, I think everyone else, because he does everything for me, yeah. but not for everybody else. So I think that that's a their, their problem. <laughs> These two are really obedient. Yeah, okay. They're just, they want to play. Yeah. They're really friendly dogs. Whenever they meet somebody or whenever they meet another dog, they just want to, in their eyes, every dog is a, is a dog they want to play with. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's all it is. They're just really friendly, really loving. And it's like, you know, I wouldn't change them. They're, they're mad as hatters, but they're, they're, they're great. So good fun in it. Add some and they're also good for getting my knee up. Yeah, there like, you go. See, like the problem was it was too much during the during the summer. They're like going, "Dad, what on earth? You know, no, I don't want to go out again. I don't know. Just like the, <laughs> see the lead and go. Oh, here he goes. He's going for steps again. <laughs> oh, so I don't have to leave them behind. <laughs> you bloody fitness freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on to that in a sec. So you mentioned just then, Chris, um, that you've 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 got a corporate background, right? Tell yeah. us a bit about that. Give give everyone a bit of an idea of kind of where you've come from and, and what you've your 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 background if you like yeah so well, i'd probably say for the last 12 years or so i've been where well, i was working in the transport and digital sector so working for training bus coach operators looking at their digital solutions um and then the last eight years i've been at national express uh, i was a group head of digital solutions which is a fantastically named title but um basically i just went around solving people's problems um got to go around the world do lots of projects um it was a, a very well-paid job um, and it was a very stressful job that uh, led to uh, lots of issues that uh, reared their ugly head over the, over the years of me working there. So, uh, but now I'm free. Free. So, so you're not doing that anymore because Lee and I have known you for, well, known you, met you a few times, right? Yeah. And been in kind of the same circle for, I don't yeah. know, five years or something like that, I guess? Four or five years? Four or five years, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I remember some of the meetings that we've been to, you have had some stressful times. I remember yeah. you talking about stress, right? What, how, how, I mean, you're, you're obviously out of that game now, which yeah. we'll talk about in a sec. How stressful was it? Uh, oh, we're talking 20 hour days. Uh, fact, no, actually the longest I did was 36 hours straight through. Um, yeah. No uh, sleep? No sleep. Jesus Christ. No sleep. Um, I just was about to say then, you said 20-hour days. I was about to remind you that there are only 24 hours in a whole day. <laughs> yeah, no, we did a couple of 30. So we started getting projects ready, and it was like I did 36 hours straight um, without any sleep. Then I actually then collapsed, collapsed in the heap afterwards. But, uh, oh, yeah, just constant battle. You know, you, when, when you're high up the food chain, the problem you have, the problem I was is I wasn't high enough to push all the shit down. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I was too high. I was getting all the shit pushed up. God. So I was in that really horrible position where you know you'd have MDs and CEOs pushing it down to me, and and because there were problems below, it sort of like sat with me. Uh, and and because I was really good at what I did, uh, I ended up getting more stuff to do because everyone would fuck up, and you'd be like, oh, okay then, yeah, tips you sort it out, send mm. him. It's like yeah, great, fantastic, you know. Um, there's nothing better than sitting at the airport at uh, eight o'clock in the evening, you know, when you're planning to be having dinner and you're waiting to fly out to Madrid uh, and you explain to your wife, yeah, you know, we're going for dinner, babe. Um, not oh. tonight, darling. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was um, a bit shit. I know, to be honest, part of it was my own making. You know, I could have just said no. Mm. But I know in times when I had said no, it had a detrimental effect. And I think what I had done is I'd become so used to the money, the, I wouldn't say power, because I had no power, but, but the, the, the excitement and the thrill of doing that role, um, you know, jumping off a plane, jumping in the Uber, you know, all of that stuff, sort of, I thought I enjoyed, and I thought I was doing it the right thing, I was doing it to have the nice home, I was doing it to have the Range Rover, I was doing it to have the foreign holidays, but actually, um, the one thing that I'll say about lockdown is it 
getting furloughed was the best thing that could ever happen to me because one, I didn't have any of that stress. Um, and I realized actually I don't need, you know, this house. I don't need my car. I don't need to go on holiday. You know, I got four dogs and now it's a pain in the neck trying to sort out doggy care. Talk about childcare. I believe doggy care is a pain in the neck. Um, so, so yeah, so it sort of had a bit of an epiphany going, don't we want to do this? Um, it, 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 it would kill me. I have my weight issues under control. But I can tell you that when stress happens, and I'm con- consistent, I don't mean just like one weekend or two weekends, but when I was in, was in Germany, I was under six months of constant stress. I know my weight went up and I wasn't deliberately sabotaging myself. I, was doing, I just know I was eating unhealthy. I wasn't exercising regularly. And across the road from the office was this unbelievable bakery. <laughs> right? and, and the thing is, they started work at 10 o'clock at night to bake and the first lot came out of the oven at four. And even though I didn't speak very good German, I got to know him because I always had a cigarette on the street outside. Mm-hmm. At four o'clock in the morning when, when I was going into the office, like, one, what's this strange, crazy Britisher doing out in the streets this time of day? And then we go, it's like, give me food. And I'm like, you know, polite British. Oh, thank you very much. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so and I wasn't deliberately doing, it, but I just thought, yeah, I got some comfort. I got some, you know, and I lost my routine. I lost all of my sort of things I was doing. So yeah, it was um, glad to see the back of it, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they talk about burning your boats. I got made redundant, and then got offered a consultancy gig, and uh, being worried about money, I took the consultancy gig. And after four weeks, I realized that I haven't, I haven't changed anything. Mm. All I'm doing is going to make my life even worse. Uh, and it was flying out to Germany. And um, then they introduced the fact you had to be tested before you flew out. I thought, yeah. I'm not going to go through this rigmarole of having this bloody swab stuff up my nose and around my gob every single Saturday to fly out on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I just went, no, it's not serving me. I wasn't focusing on growing the business. I knew I wanted to change things. And I, I sort of had an epiphany about what I want to do in life. Uh, and it isn't consulting. Mm. I know if this fails, and it won't because I'm bloody good at what I do, um, I can always go back to it. Yeah. It's yeah. a safety net. You know? But having that time, having, realizing what I've done, because you know, I'm quite a modest guy, um, it isn't until you speak to other people. And it's funny you mentioned Alex Myers. I did a presentation to Alex Myers' group and I sent him the presentation and he goes, he goes, Tipsy, you sent me a typo. I went, what? He says, it says a hundred kilos. I went, oh yeah, shit. No, it should be 110. <laughs> he went, no, a hundred kilos. I went, yeah. He went, fuck me. That's more than I weigh. <laughs> Yeah. Let's 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 let me just just cut in there, mate. I just want to make sure everyone realizes because you have lost a hell of a lot of weight, man. And that's what you're referring to right there, right? Yeah. Yes. So you, hell of a so, lot of weight. Yeah. So over the years, you yeah. what's the so you've lost 110 kilos uh, from my heaviest to my lightest, yeah. 110 kilos. Yeah. That is a phenomenal and me, Lee and I both worked, you know, was that in, 15, 16 stone or something. Yeah. That is, uh, we'll come on to this in a second, because this is, I think this is, this is, 
I'm fascinated to hear about this journey because I've seen so what, many. What's brilliant is is the numbers as well. What he's talking about is like he said, from his heaviest to his lightest. It's not any of this slim and will carry on where they've lost a pound every week and then they've gained it again and then etc etc. He's it's, he doesn't he's not counting that number here. He has lost probably like we properly lost 110 kilograms. Yeah. That's not just incredible. one pound loads of times and then mm. gained it back. This is this is total loss. Yeah, it is completely incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Well, and that's why on. I say it's hundred yeah. kilos now because I'm probably balanced out now at about um, hundred kilos of weight loss because I went down really. Uh, I had a target to get under sixteen stone, um, even though I didn't want to because I knew I wouldn't feel very good at it. Yeah, I did it just to prove a point. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then um, I then put, uh, then I went went back up, and I fluctuate between sixteen and a half and seventeen stone. So that's your happy place, yeah. Yeah. Although to be honest, I couldn't even tell you because I've got thrown my scales out now, so I don't need them. So yeah, yeah. What a legend. That, uh, that, that's a good. That, that's a sign and a good sign that you've you've made a lifestyle change. You understand all all of the metrics. You know what you're doing. You've created some fantastic habits. Yeah. So that you don't, you're so confident and you don't even need the skills because how you like operate on a day-to-day basis is is perfectly congruent with the way that you want to like maintain and stay at. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, I know of the time, you know, I've spent enough bloody money on personal trainers and trainers that, um, you know, I know what I need to do. And if, you know, um, at the beginning of the year, during the summer, I was focusing on rugby and then thinking, right, we're going to be, we will be back to playing September, that was a pipe dream in reality. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I'll be right to playing in November. Obviously, now cancelled the season. So, you know, I was, I was focusing on weight. I probably was uh, September. I probably got to about 17 hours stone because I bulked up and I was getting really quite ready for the season. Now I just, I just dropped to probably half a stone just to get myself fit. But I feel the same size. Mm-hmm. So, it, and it's quite odd when I, if I did ever jump on the scales because when I'm, fully ready for rugby season, I am heavier, mm. but I actually look slimmer. Yeah, yeah. It's really odd. <laughs> so, Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think this is a fact. Should we dive into this journey, I think? Let's, let's, let's tell us a bit more about this, Chris. How did, what, what was the catalyst? Was there a point where you were like, Jesus Christ, I've got to do something right now? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. And I think um, if, if you let me, sh- can I become the host? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, um, let's get some pictures. So that the people who are going to see on video will really get better and I'll just talk it around. Yeah. Um, can I just say once again, 110 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> That is a phenomenal That's amount. That's close to my max bench press. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Right. I knew you'd lost a lot. You've lost a lot of weight, mate, from from the years. But, so, but that is. Here we go. Can you see that? That'll work. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fine. Okay. So. Here we go. Let's go. So. Look at that. <laughs> Look That's not that. a is it? Hey? <laughs> that's not that bakery, is it? Uh, no, no, this was you. No, no, that's that's on the on an Airbus A380 and Emirates flight coming back from Dubai in 2009. Uh, no, sorry, 2011. 2011. Um, I have got shit dress sense, but trust me, when the only thing you can buy at Giacomo is 5XL, <laughs> your, your options are quite limited. Um, <laughs> that is incredible, mate. I mean. Yeah. If anyone is watching, listening to this, the audio version, you need to get on the video version um, because 
You need to see these pictures. I am a, I'm not even a barrel. I am uh, a butter bean. Uh, I'm just, butter bean, yeah. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Um, oh, yeah, I'm at my heaviest you there. You know, do you know how much you weighed at that point? I was over 33 stone there. Mm. How, how did that make you feel at that time? Do you know what? I really, I didn't care because I would put myself, I was so wrapped up in my fat that I didn't see myself like that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because uh, to be honest, we've been in Dubai. I've been playing golf out there in the heat, and I didn't suffer. You know, I could walk. I could walk, you know drove a bit, but I walk, could walk around. I didn't actually feel um, that bad because I got so I put so many things around myself to not worry. And inside that guy is a guy who is being tortured uh, physically and, and mentally by his partner uh and he, he just puts on this big front because that was my way of, of protecting myself so mm. but like you said at the beginning um phil we said well, you know where to start so i can trace my eating disorder back to uh when i was about nine years old so most people can when they've had work and had therapy um it was my brother was in a minibus accident at school uh, and broke his neck from just and severed his spinal cord from about just below his shoulders. So he could move his shoulders, but couldn't move his arms. Ooh. And then sort of overnight, my life changed. So my mum and dad were focused on him, the hospital. I remember going downstairs in the morning going, well, what's my sister and her husband doing here? What's my other sister doing here? And why is my brother coming back from Germany? In the RF? He'd never come, you know, and everyone was coming back. I was like, what the hell is going on? And obviously my brother was critical and critical care. They're never going to survive. And then for about nine months, uh, I was sort of pushed from pillar to post, you know, left at people's houses. Don't I got looked after. You know, I wasn't abandoned, mm. um, but basically just had nothing, you know, because um, my mum and dad's focus was purely on, on, my, on my brother, which is, you know, understandable. Um, but over that time, obviously, I then found solace in food. Um, didn't realize that you know, I'd eat biscuits. And people all, you know, at that time were always going, oh, I'll have a cake, I'll have this. Nobody ever said no to me for anything. You yeah. know, everyone felt really sorry for me. Um, and I was quite a big lad anyway, so I was probably burning off calories because I was on my own all day, out doing stuff. So it didn't affect it, but I knew I ate a lot. And obviously, as you go through childhood, you, you know, you're active anyway, but... I remember demolishing packets of biscuits. I remember my dad catching me in the cupboard eating a packet of biscuits. I was just not taking them out at the table. I was in the pantry going, oh, like a really <laughs> cookie monster. Yeah. We'll come to you later. But, you know, and even then, you know, I can remember these things now. I can think about it. But those signs were there and I'd go out and I'd go to a takeaway and buy chips. And then I'd have a meal at home and I'd go and buy something else because I was just finding that solace. You know, I'd go into a shop because I could speak to somebody. Mm. you know um so all that happened and it gradually grew away and went to my sort of teenage years we moved to wales and lived there and had home and set all that up and i still carried on eating wasn't quite so bad um and then got to teenage years played rugby then i did my knee ligaments playing rugby uh and i realized then that i wasn't exercising so weight didn't disappear then and it got put on and then I left home and ran away to the circus, ran away to a hotel to work. Uh, worst place you could possibly be. 
because um, guess what? They give you food. Mm. Um, but I was still quite young, you know, 18, 19. So I was, I, I put weight on, but I never realized how big I got. Um, there I met my um, first wife. Um, and that started at 20 odd years of hell, um, which, you know, if I thought about it, you know, when you look back, why didn't I do something about it? But, you know, that's another podcast. Um, so then over the years, I, get, I put weight on, I'd get quite big and then I'd lose it. I was always good at being able to lose weight. Uh, I had a fantastic diet. It was a tuna fish and mash diet. It worked. It was great. I'd basically get a big pack of smash, a couple of tins of tuna, that and a bottle of cornflakes a day. And that would be my diet. And when you think about it, I was probably only eating about 1,500 calories a day. No wonder why it was dropping off me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could do that. But then obviously go back to normal. My wife, my first wife, she was very good at feeding people. She used food as an emotional crutch. Um, and yeah, it was just horrific. Um, and then you find solace in food. Um, uh, and, and it's just, you know, you look at triggers and, and it, I used it when it made me sad. I used it when I was happy. Um, used it to just, you know, create this barrier. And, and the bigger I got, the you know i stopped using going near a mirror stopped going a camera you know became best friend with giacomo um was that was that was that consciously did you consciously choose not to go next to the mirror or, or is that more than uh, just a thing that, that kind of happened as it, it started again with it was just like a subconscious thing it's like, a subconscious thing you just deliberately don't do it you always yeah. hide from a photograph you're just very good at not doing it you're very good at not seeing a mirror yeah um it's just something you're doing subconscious that does it so um, but yeah, so, but the, the turning point was probably when I got to, um, 39. So that's when you see me in this picture, uh, at my heaviest, you know, 39 years of age, almost the same weight. Um, so what was interesting at this point is obviously coming up to 39, you know, I then thought, okay, you know, I'll go and see the doctor. I was having trouble breathing at night, not surprising all that weight on my chest. Mm. Um, a few other health issues, nothing made me, I thought, oh, I'll go and see a doctor, get a bit of a health check. Um, and then, you know, just then approached, um, and for the viewers, uh, sorry, for the listeners, um, it's now is an image of the Grim Reaper, because basically I was sat down, um, went to go and see a doctor, he said, oh, let's weigh you, um, jumped on the scales in the surgery, uh, and they flew round to 150 kilograms which is the highest I went up to. And he went, right, okay. Um, I think we just need to send you to the hospital to get weighed. <laughs> okay. And the doctor says, or you can pop round to the wool merchants just around the corner and jump on the scales. I don't mind either or. <laughs> uh, and I went, okay. Um, and I'll come to why he said that in a minute because it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, so... I went to the hospital, went on scales there, did all that. Uh, I had to have some blood tests, so they did all that at the same time. Um, so I uh, made the point the following week, came back. Uh, uh, to visit, I sat down uh, in an extra wide chair like you used to see in Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> they put in there specially for me because I was fat. Um, and I sat down and the doctor goes, Tibsy. I went, sounds a bit formal. Then obviously he's not, was formal. He was informal because he's, uh, he was the club doctor. Um, he goes, bud, you're going to be dead by the time you're 50. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, right. Okay. 
uh, no messing around and uh, your high blood pressure, you're borderline diabetic, uh, your breathing issues, might have to give you a mask to wear at night for sleep, ap- sleep apnea. Yeah. Um, you've probably got heart problems. He said, I could send you away for a week for, for the test and it wouldn't be pretty reading. So I was like, oh, okay. He says, and you're going to start getting arthritis soon with the, the pressure you're putting on your joints. Your knees, he says, your knees fucked already. Mm. He says, you're not doing it any favors, um, but you might as well think the rest of your body's going to be fucked at the same time. I was like, uh, okay, fine. All right then. So I sat there determined. Uh, I thought, right, I can make a change. I can do this. You know, that's fine. No problem at all. Um, and over the following um, six months, I, I managed to lose 50 kilos, which is you know, remarkable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made some pretty drastic life changes at the same time. So um, I left my wife, left my kids, uh, moved to London. Um, and I met my now wife, Carmen, who um was my uh who was my first love at high school bless her oh there you go there's a story uh, nice uh and she uh broke my heart because she dumped me because i was too nice oh i've got too nice <laughs> i got dumped because i was too nice you should have stuck in the face with a birthday cake or a, or a piece of pizza. yeah well so uh so yeah so we sort of met up just after our 40th and then yeah um that was a whirlwind you know within sort of like a couple of months um you know she'd seen that transformation she remembered me being slim at school mm. and she went what the hell has happened to you what have you done to yourself i was like well, i'm losing weight because i thought if you'd seen me a couple of months before it would have been even worse <laughs> <laughs> but now she stuck with me and yeah so um yeah we moved to london um but over that time which is interesting uh my life you know my weight was a roller coaster you know um I would lose, I was good at losing weight because I'd get disciplined and focused, but I never actually put anything in place to keep the weight off. And then things got stressful or I got happy and then I'd start putting weight. But what I did notice though is my weight always follows downward trajectory, which is good because most people who have weight loss who yo-yo end up putting more weight on than they lose. Mm. But I could always measure it and it'd always come down because I'd always catch myself and go, what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? Get us on track. Mm. But, and that carried on probably till about 2017 until um, I won an award. Uh, and that was the first time that I'd had a photo taken uh, with my weight going back up because I'd all been quite clever. I'd never like, I never like having my photo taken anyway. Um, changed now, of course. Um, and I looked at that and I went, oh, he's back. That guy who is using food to protect himself is back. After all that hard work I'd done, I was like, oh, God. You know, and I was generally shocked. When I got home, I was like, I broke down to Carmen. I went, what have I done? She's lovely, bless her. She's wonderful. She goes, I, she said, well, I'd noticed you putting a little bit of weight on, but I love you as you are. I was like, Thanks, babe. Um, and I jumped on the scales and they pinged all the way around to 150 kilos. And I was thinking, oh, I just, I spiraled into a pit of despair. And this then combined at a similar time with work because work was really stressful. And I had a time where I 
went to go um i quite like sometimes just disappearing off to starbucks in different towns um, to go and work just because i like the coffee and the vibe and all that mm. i went to a place called shrewsbury or shrewsbury depends on where you come, how you do um and when i got there i had a coffee and basically i must have blacked out I didn't pass out but three and a half hours passed and i can't tell you what happened blimey but the two cinnamon swirls that i ordered had been eaten and my mug was empty so i'd obviously but I couldn't tell you and I was like it scared the living daylights out of me uh, really scared me and it made me think right I need to do something about this uh, and that's probably at that point you know where I took up the courage and I was joining Paul's programs and I thought right, I need to pull Mort I need to get some help I need to get some you know uh, I need to deal with this mindset thing and it was the time where I spoke to a good friend of mine called Ruth and she's you know, battled many issues in the past. She says, um, why don't you go to Overeaters as Anonymous? And I went, uh, is that such a thing? I didn't know that, eh? And she I. went, yeah. I went, Overeaters Anonymous? I went, she went, yeah. So um, I said, well, I'll think about it. Didn't really give much thought. And I thought, I'll do what I do. I norm- do, what I did, do what I normally do. So... You know, did the normal thing, transformation, you know, threw myself into the gym, you know. Tuna and mash. Hey? Tuna and mash. Uh, no, not this time. <laughs> not this time. Not this time. Because I'd learned a lot over the past. Um, mm. I thought, no, I'm going to do this properly. Um, but what I never dealt with, right, was um, the next thing, which, for those who are listening, is a picture of an elephant sat between two people. Mm. So it's the elephant in the room. So I then phoned Ruth up and said, Ruth, I'm getting these feelings back. I'm training really hard. It's great. You know, I said, but what was that group you said? And she said, Overeaters Anonymous. I went, okay, fine. Um, and like, nobody's ever heard of it. And it's amazing that they haven't because they are such an amazing group. Um, it is like all the other anonymous programs, like narcotics, like alcohol, like gamblers, you know, you follow 12 steps. Um, and those 12 steps changed my life. Is, is it the same, the same 12 step? Yeah. yeah, they, they tweak a little bit. Yeah, but basically you, you have to you know, accept as a higher being. You have to seek forgiveness. You have to atone for your previous you know, misdemeanors. You have to you know, give yourself up. You, know, you follow all of those steps. Um, and uh, I went to the first group and uh, I was like, right, so reason on us. Um, and my sponsor was anorexic. I sort of looked at him and thought, I could eat you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're only about eight stone, is that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I thought, what on earth are you? I was like, oh, what are you going to do? But um, she was amazing. Um, but I still had this uh, fear and this guilt. And this. And, and the only person who knew I went to Overeats Anonymous for six months was Ruth. Didn't tell my wife. Didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the group was amazing, um, and and it and it taught me things about food, about my relationship with food, uh, about all of these things that have then obviously then been backed up with the mindset training that we guys have all been through. You know, creating the new habits, creating the routines, uh, creating all these things, and and one of the biggest things that I 
learned um, was uh, trigger foods. Yeah. And here's my best friend, Cookie Monster, <laughs> for those who are listening. Uh, Domino's pizza and hot dogs. <laughs> Let me tell you something, right? <laughs> I will. <laughs> Sorry? Me mouth's watering. Yeah. I will fight people for hobnobs. <laughs> I don't blame you. I tell you, right, you put them in a ring, right? Forget bloody jujitsu, mixed martial art or boxing, I will take your head off. You won't even get a look in. For a hobnob. Right. Um and I and I used to say, you know, uh, before I addressed this, I can't have them in the house now. Obviously, what actually what we have in the house is gluten free hobnobs because Carmen has an intolerance. Gluten free hobnobs, I can have one of them and I, that's enough. Mm. Right? Put proper hobnobs there. And I will literally kill people for them. Of the chocolate variety, or is the standard one fine? Oh, or... Normal ones are crap. No, yeah. it's got chocolate hobnobs. Yeah, yeah, good answer. So what we used to, what I used to do, we used to buy them. I used to keep them in my desk drawer. And uh, Carl would go, "Is there any biscuits in the house? No, babe, none here. Don't come looking here. There's no biscuits in this house." Hoarding the hobnobs. I did. Um, and then the other one was um, was Domino's pizza, not pizza, right? But Domino's pizza. Mm. Yeah, a normal pizza. I can have a couple of slices and go. Yeah, I've had enough. Right, but you put a Domino's and I'll have to eat every single slice, plus any that's spare from anybody else's. The now, calories are way higher in Domino's ones as well. And I reckon it's a bit like Mackey D's. They put something in their sauce or in their toppings yeah. that makes it addictive. Yeah, I haven't got the proof yet, but I'm gonna. I think that might be my next mission is to find out what Domino's put in their sauces that make it so addictive. Because normal pizza, I can go. Yeah, that's enough. Thanks. But Domino's, not a chance. Mm. And obviously my best friend, the Cookie Monster. Probably though, they'll, they'll have researchers on, on what ignites your taste buds and creates the biggest taste sensation in your mouth. And yeah. then you'll get that feel-good factor where you're eating it. And, and they'll have all of these people who do all of that research. But, but there's something in it. I'm sure there's something. And I had this debate with Alex Myers about it. And we, me and Alex were discussing it. Because he was, we, he was feeling something you're saying. There's something in either the sauce or like, you know, the stuff they based to think. Because it is... There is something about it. So, I think yeah. you're right. I, I agree with that because Domino's is... I could, I, I, I could sit there with a Domino's and you know when you're, when you're having a pizza and you're stuffed, aren't you? But you yeah. just... Domino's, you power through it. And there's never any left in the fridge in the morning because that is the sort of pizza that you just keep going until, yeah. you, oh, you, until you explode. Oh, you know absolutely. I mean? Whereas it, others... It, yeah. Yeah. The, the only other thing as well, food that I, um, I, I wouldn't go... But I'm lucky because I can't get it anyway. But Lee, you know, um, so in Hetton the Hole, there used to be a fish and chip shop on that roundabout. They used to do savakis, which, um, and it was a special Hetton savaki. Um, so you'd have donami and chip, chopped chips, wrapped with a garlic mayo in a wrap. Oh my God. They're the most <laughs> dangerous, but most delicious <laughs> things in the world. Yeah, that's just, I can't get them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that sounds absolutely disgusting. So, so would you say, like, I know obviously we're talking about trigger foods and all of yeah. this. Would you say, just to clear a bit up, your waking is it predominantly mindless eating or is it predominantly stress-based emotional eating? Uh, mine is definitely stress-based emotional eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing is, and it can be happy and sad emotional eating though. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the thing. It does not. I don't have to be stressed. I can be happy, and yeah. I'll. I, sorry, yeah, yeah. I used to overeat. 
So I'll be happy. Yay, great. I'll have that extra. I'll, I'll, I'll have that extra dinner that everyone else having because we're having a family occasion. I'll mm. have that extra slice of cake because it's a good, I'm, I'm feeling happy. Um, or I'm feeling sad. Oh, okay, I'll have that extra cake. Or, you know, I'm just going to binge on this. Yeah. I think what you've highlighted, Chris, as well, it's an amazing story and you know, full credit to you for getting to where you've got to, got now, mate. Um, what you've highlighted is something that I worked out, obviously being a, in the PT and personal training industry ever since I've left uni, Lee's been the same and now moved on to the mindset side of things. But it, it, it became apparent to me quite, you know, after a few years of being in the industry that actually weight loss is, is mindset. It's a massive mindset yeah. issue. And, you know, you lost it and obviously it's been a bit of a roller coaster and put it on and you can train everything else. But actually, if you, if you view food in the wrong way, if you view yourself in the wrong way and everything else, um, that's, that's where the problem is. And if you want serious weight loss, right, then it's, it's the head that needs work. Yeah. Not so much time in the gym and, and looking at your diet. I, you know? what, one, of my mission, one of my missions, definitely, um, as I get more into this and hopefully you know, when my book comes out and you know, I've done a few more podcasts, I get to speak to more people. I am going after Slimming World. I'm going after uh, Weight Watchers. I'm going after Slim Fast. I'm going after Herbal Life because they are fucking people's heads up. Oh, they, they've yeah. got so much to answer for, especially when it comes to scale weight, like just re- everything. Like the bad behaviors. The, you know, yeah, the, the people that come into my groups or my transformations and we pay taste stuff. I'm constantly battling to undo and unwind all of these ridiculous, yeah. stupid, bloody habits yeah. uh, that are that in, in beliefs, which is even worse, yeah. um, around foods and stuff. Like, the, the, they're, they're very clever. I'm going to yeah. give them that. Their yeah, model yeah. is fantastic. They are very clever. Um, but Fluhawi, they, they, they are really fucking... They are dangerous. They, they are really messing. They're up there with cult status. They, they, they yeah. make you think like a cult. They make you, you know, you go to a weigh-in and, and, and yeah, I've lost it. Yeah, excited about losing a pound. Or if you put a pound on, they go, you know, they can be, they, it's not a support group because they take the piss. And some of the people are, you know, that little Britain thing, sketch, you're yeah. probably far too closer to the truth. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. because... I've heard so many scare stories. I thought about joining it just for, but I don't refuse to give them my money. Um, but it's, I, so I was in Iceland yesterday, right? And, I, and my wife, uh, Karma's done uh, Slimming World in the past and she hated it. But, you know, uh, it was discipline, but it wasn't discipline. Um, mm-hmm. Free foods, right? So I have an eating disorder, which they would never even find out, they never even ask. <laughs> and you're saying I can eat as much of a certain food type I was like, so they used to have, was it, uh, Muller Lights used to be free and then they changed their mind. Mm-hmm. So um, I could eat 10 of them. <laughs> There's 1,400 calories because they're free. Yeah. But then, but then you've got sins. That's, mate, oh, that, okay. that, that right there is what gets my yeah. goat. The, the whole thing about sins is, yeah. is, is terrible, terrible. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a mission um, uh, to... Uh, to just call them out at every occasion because um, I, I just think way. I just think I think from where I've come from uh, and I know that the people I'm going to be working with in the future you know they'll have done through all this and and you're right Lee it's about unpicking all of the mm-hmm. bad things that they've taught them 
it, it, it's crazy because they've done it in, in such a way, like, in, in the, 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 what they want is they want you to come in, lose weight, bugger off, put it back on, come yeah. back, lose weight. So, so they know that, oh, if I need to lose weight again, I'll just go back to Slimming World and then it because it works, right? It works. Yeah. No, it doesn't fucking work because no. you shouldn't have to go back. Yeah. Or, or the worst thing is they want you to stay for life. Yeah, exactly. But they're kind of happy for you to go for a couple of yeah. weeks or a month, but they know yeah. you're going to come back. Yeah. And it's that whole fucking circle. And people are like, it works, it works. I'm like, it doesn't, man. You're standing yeah. there in front of me, fat as fuck, trying to tell me that Slimming World works. If yeah. that was the case, we'd be, it'd be the other way around. Yeah. I would, you would be the skinny one telling me who's fat that it works. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't work. The, the, you, you can't keep up with the whole fucking thing. Oh, it's not sustainable. It's, it's just very, it's, it's a bit of an addiction do, for people. Do you know what I find quite funny is um, if people, you know, and, and I've done this to a couple of people I spoke to, is um, I've actually sent them to Overeaters Anonymous before I've worked with them because I've said, you need to go and see these people, right? Because um, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you. Mm. Um, and so I've sent a couple of people to Overeaters Anonymous because I think you really need that group help, you know, yeah. because there's some, th some things you need to address. And I think that was, for me, quite interesting is that you know, we've got Overeaters Anonymous who guide people, who work through emotional eating, work through all these things. You, know, you could give them, I don't even know what's the word, 10 quid a week or something to weigh in or something. You give them, I mean, you can go to as many meetings as you want with um, Overeaters Anonymous mm. and you pay what you can afford. Yeah. You know, and, and you will get books and you'll get help and you'll get work on, on addressing your issues. Because if you, if somebody is morbidly obese, right, they've got a problem with food. Yeah. Yeah. They've got, they've, they are, you know, they've got a problem with overeating. They've got a problem with their relationship with food and that needs to be addressed. I think, I think that's I think, what needs to be addressed in this country is the awareness, isn't it? Because yeah. like e e even like somebody will come to me, a lot of people actually will come to me PT business, even though I train people in mindset, they'll come to me PT they'll, they'll be like, I need to lose weight to make myself happy. I'm like, yeah. you're in the wrong fucking place because you need to make yourself happy first. And then if you want to lose weight, then then fair yeah. do. Yeah. But like you need to be working on your head, not your body. <laughs> your, yeah. your body is not going to make you happy. It yeah. makes no fucking difference. And, and even I can say that from an experienced perspective because I've been in bodybuilder condition. I've been 14 stone filled of, like, full of muscle. And I've been yeah. fucking, when I sent Phil a picture, shredded and just doing a transformation. And I looked like something out of the fucking Holocaust yeah. for my group <laughs> just yeah. to keep them accountable. I'd done a transformation with them when I shouldn't have. Yeah. And I ended up bloody nano skin and bones. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I've been in all, like I've been in all positions. I've been down to like ridiculously low body fat. And yes, I've never gone to an obese level, but I've bounced between two zones. Yeah. And I know that if i am got a little bit of podge and I might be unhappy, I still know even if I'm at zero or 6% body fat, you're still fucking very unhappy. Yeah. The happiness or the feelings, the emotional thing comes from inside of your head, not from what you fucking see in the mirror. Yeah. Like, mm. Otherwise, you'd probably just be able to look at other people and see someone in shape and just suddenly you'll be happy. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would always, and I've never been 5% body fat, so you can, you can call me out on this, Lee, but I would say anybody who is 5% body fat isn't happy. No. Maintain, unless you've naturally oh, got they, that gift to maintain <laughs> that 
if you're not, if you're not, you're not gifted that way to maintain five percent body fat, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. To get there yeah. is a fucking ten. Your head starts to get get fucked. There's too long in a calorie deficit, or or the, 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 you're too low, and you're not getting fed. You yeah. feel malnourished. You're dehydrated. But just the, the what it does to your life, man. Your, exactly. your, your life is so life. In, it, you know, it, it just eats into your everyday life. Do you know what I mean? To get to that level of body fat, you're looking at what you're eating. You're weighing your food. You can't go out to birthday drinks. You can't even have a drink. You can't do anything. So it's, a, it's six months a year of saying no. And, and living a life just to get to a certain percentage yeah. of body to get a set of photographs to get a set of photographs and you no think one gives a fuck no. no one gives a fuck anyway because because you can go on instagram and there's filters that can give you six packs yeah man. no yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> they are nuts it's mad. So, so yeah so i think um going off top a little bit says we're slating the um uh, <laughs> Uh, weight, weight watching that, which is which is always a good, good thing. That's always um, going to be bad in that, mate. But yeah, so coming back to my journey, yeah. So obviously, over is not going on thing, but the, I think as you guys have touched on, and obviously the purpose of your, your podcast and that. Um, hold on, I've got one more thing before we go about calling people out. Yeah, Did you see, have you heard of that bloody PT in America who put on 70 pounds to understand what it was like for his fat clients? Well, was that is that recently or a while ago? It was a while ago, but I know James Walker from Sustain, he did. He put a post about it, and I remember reading a year or so ago about his PT who put seventy pounds on because yeah. he won and then lost it. He was obviously shredded beforehand. Put I do it remember on, that. Yeah, and then lost it, right? And he like did it because he wanted to understand how his clients felt. And I'm thinking, what a fucking dick! What a load of shit! Yeah, you know what? I would if if he did that for me and I was his client, I'd go and knock him out and go, yeah. "You're just taking a piss." <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like somebody going on a bender for two weeks. To say, yeah, I know, I'm, I know it's like to be an alcoholic now. I can help them. Yeah, yeah. Or someone shaving their head off, knowing what it's like to see what it's like living as a ball bloke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you doing? You know, you just, it's just not on. And I just find it quite, you know, that there's somebody who you know knows how to train, knows how to eat properly, and all he moaned about was, oh, I can't wait to go back to gym. I can't wait to go back to eating this food because he knows what he has to do because he's not even living that life. He's not that having He no- hasn't changed his beliefs, his no. patterns, his behaviors have not changed because no. wouldn't be wanting to kind of wait to go back to the gym. Yeah. If, if he did do a full actual transformation, yeah. he'd actually struggle to lose weight. He'd yeah. actually struggle to get out of these eating habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's my last rant about people who are taking the piss out of fat people that's all right if you think many as we carry on just just chuck them in okay. mate okay so um i mean yeah come back to suppose you know you guys now you know, obviously you know both been pts still pts you know um but obviously you moved into the mindset game and i think for me that is in particular i think you touched on it lee just before the way i addressed not going backwards even though i did have a little blip in 2019 when i was in germany but um was i found a purpose and a tribe obviously I was with your in your tribe. You were one tribe at one point, and we're still a family. Um, but I then started playing rugby. Um, Forty-five. <coughs> Bearing in mind, I was told at twenty-one that my knee was fucked and I'd never play rugby again. Uh, I thought, what's it, what's the worst that can happen? I'm now fully employed. I've got fantastic sick pay. I've got booper. Um, <laughs> if I knacker my knee. Great, I get a new one on Booper and I get sat at home and I get sick, I get sick pay, 100% of my salary. I don't care, that is the best time to do it. Yeah. Of course, I had no injuries. 
Um, and then I obviously started so guys in the rugby club, which was great because I knew I wasn't on my own. I obviously had Overeaters Anonymous as a tribe. You know, I had the guys in UB. You know, I then realised I'm no longer fighting this on my own. If things get tough, right, I can really move on, and I can, I know how to deal with it, and I know what the stresses are. You know, am I cured? No, because I'm I'm a recovering overeater, and it can always slip back, right? But I now know the stresses. I now know the warning signs. I now know the triggers, uh, and I also know that. Um, it was my daughter's birthday yesterday and I had a slice of birthday cake because I could. Yeah. You know? um, but I also know that, um, you know, my uh, PTI work likes to do food challenges. So there's a very likelihood we'll be doing a KFC food challenge because I can, because I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Yeah. Nice. And yeah, that's, right? the, that's the healthy way to do it really, isn't it? You got it. And like Phil said earlier on, you've got it. You've got to, people have to remember that we are living in, in, we do have a time here, whether we like it or not. Yeah. We've got to enjoy this life. Yeah. Um, and so you, 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 in order to do things sustainably, you should be able to do whatever you want to sustainably do in life. You yeah. should yeah. be, if you want to have a chocolate bar every now and again, you should be able to do that. Yeah. You're just going to have processes in place and, and, and know what you're doing, have the awareness. And again, just how I touched on before, a lot of people don't realize the, like, the, 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 how much of the mindset part plays of it. If, if you go up to them and they're like, I want to lose weight, and they're like, right, give us a meal plan. You're like, no, that's not how we do this. No. This isn't how we lose weight. Like, I can give you a meal plan, but then you can end up like in a worse position, and that, that's on me then. So that's yeah. not what's going to happen. But then you'll start to talk about some things, and this happens a lot inside of even like my group, right? I'll talk about things. I'll show roadblocks. I'll be like, listen, we're at week four, week five, week six. This, these things are going to start to happen. But people uh, uh, listen and they'll, they'll do that whole yeah yeah syndrome so they'll be like yeah yeah he's not talking to me i'm on track eh? he's obviously yeah. talking to the rest of the team he's that's never gonna happen to me and then <laughs> two weeks down the line they're in that trap and, and they've, they've totally fucking ignored the advice they've totally ignored me pointing out the little potholes in the road to say look watch out he has a pothole coming up yeah. you're gonna fall into the trap you're gonna fall in the trap of this no, 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 I'm not. And they forget that how so much important the mindset bit is and the awareness of, like you said before, the triggers. You've got to know the triggers. You've got to be aware if you're veering off track. You've yeah. got to know this shit in order to get back on. Otherwise, you just keep flying off track. And, and like you said, you've done many times before, put on that weight and then went, oh, shit. And then you realize that when it's a little bit too late. Yeah. Yeah, whereas now, hopefully, you know, I, I'll, I think if I... You know, um, it's interesting because I found the first lockdown was the best thing that's ever happened to me because I managed to just shed 20 kilos that I put on in 2019. Mm. Um, got down to my lowest weight ever just because I did the test. Because my wife, bless her, she bought me a she, um, she was in Costco and Costco do occasionally like Hugo Boss jeans and Armani jeans, dirt cheap. Mm. And um, she got me this pair of Hugo Boss jeans now. Hugo Boss are, are very, um, a very slim fit. <laughs> a very slim fit. Uh, and um, I said, oh, can you get me some 38s? Because I knew Hugo Boss would be you know, um, really slim. And for some reason, she bought 36s. And I, and now my wife's a seamstress. So she then got the measure out and went, you know these aren't 36, babe, don't you? I'm like going, 
don't tell me what they are as far as i'm concerned they're 36 <laughs> um so um, tried putting them on beginning of lockdown got them up to my knees my legs were a bit big as well and couldn't do them up uh, and then basically thought right i'm not going to weigh myself but i did um my target is to get in the jeans and in that photo that you see in the first slide was me in those hugo was 36 in great jeans and i was 15 stone and 13 and a half pounds so i was just under 16. I was like, all right, that's it, that's it, no more. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, banging, mate. That is. Um, that is but cool. yeah, I, and I think, I think you're right on this whole, whole mindset, and just realizing, and even now I realize things. You know, I, I have different goals, and I think you know, just moving on to this sort of next slide. What I do now, like we all do, guys, <clears throat> is we set ourselves goals. But so I set myself to run a triathlon. Now, I, I hate swimming. Oh, going on a bike's okay if I'm going to the rugby club a couple of miles, but cycling like 40 kilometers is like, why would I do that? Uh, and I hate running. Um, why I might well, well, well do a triathlon then, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was a really good idea. Um, but uh, but I've done it, you know, I did it, uh, and I actually enjoyed it. Good man. Um, so much so that in 2022, I am going to do a half Ironman in the Lake District. Um, oh my god because i'm stupid <laughs> and my so my new uh so i got a performance coach to help me who's now become my business partner don which is brilliant um so basically we're starting the training in january next year to get through ready for summer of 2022 when it's on but next year i'm going to do just a normal uh olympic distance triathlon in the summer to give it a try ready for the Ironman you know because I know that I don't like any of the three disciplines so I'm gonna have to work hard yeah. to get up to a half marathon because yeah. I just hate running um and on the flip side of that obviously at the weekend I've uh completed my purchase of a caravan on Windermere so from March I'll be able to go up and swim every day I'm up there in the lake to get some oh, practice so. yes nice so yeah um but I think what for me was important in my journey obviously I set goals you know so it was done triathlons, I've done Tough Mudders, uh, ran to the summit of Snowden in the mountain race, I've completed the Three Peaks Challenge, you know, I've done all of these crazy things that just push my mindset because I think for me it was all about goals and it was all about keeping myself on track. Um, yeah. And then I've sort of, out of that, I've created a sort of new me. Um, so we've got Chris 2.0. Um, Look at that. What a, that is a phenomenal change. And again, for anyone who's not watching the video version of this, Mate, you, you, I know this is everyone says this to people who have lost weight, but you do look like a different person. That's because I am both physically and mentally. Yeah, I am a completely different person. So I think going to these points and this is what you know, the picture's great. And thank you for coming. Mm. Great, Phil. But I think you know, what I've learned about the new me, you know, self care. So going back to the big fat guy at the beginning, right? I didn't put myself first, I put myself last. So I put my best friend I was on go going on holiday with. I put my children first. I put my brother first. I put my wife first. I did never. I never did anything for myself. Ever. Mm. But now I put myself first. You know, sometimes I do get it wrong, but I, I know I have to put myself first because if I don't, I'll slip back. So king uh, eats first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, king eats first every time. I have a healthy relationship with food, so I know. And I track my food. Um, I understand food types and nutrition. I know macros. 
I can control my compulsive behavior, right? And I can, uh, because normally I know what's going to happen and I can change my state. I'm also aware of the trigger foods and how to avoid them um, to the point where I've been known to throw packets of biscuits in the bin mm. because, and, and crush them first. So we, my daughter's, uh, and it's odd, if there was somebody in the house, else in the house, I'm okay, I won't touch the biscuits. If I'm the only person in the house and there's biscuits left, I will feel the need to eat them all. Yeah. So I, I have no problem in crushing biscuits and putting them in the bin. Because for me, there's a sense of, okay, that's fine. Or if somebody's here and we have biscuits, I'll make sure they take them away with them. Because, you know, why, why would I want to put myself into that temptation? Um, I'm mentally aware now. So I've invested in myself. I have coaches. I have a support manager. So basically, I've got, you know, PT. I've got performance coach. I've got, obviously, work with Paul Mort. I work with Alex Myers. You know, so I've got areas in my life where I've got people supporting. I've got my back. But I also give back as well. So I'm also a sponsor. I sponsor I'm a Elvis sponsor. Um, and I support people there because I think it's important to give back to them. And, and obviously, you know, I support my clients and, and I support people who can't afford to work with me. You know, um, but I'm not a charity. Um, cool. um, and now I'm physically active as well. So whether it's playing rugby, going to gym, tough mother's triathlon, you know, I am now physically active and it's important to me. You know, need to, you know, um, my minimum is 15,000 steps a day. Uh, I try and get 20,000 steps a day in. Um, and obviously the gym is my happy place. Um, although in lockdown, the ski erg is now my happy place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Because well, I love the ski erg. I have oh. one in my garage and it's, the most, it's, my, it's my friend. It's been my saviour and I just love it. So I like, I like that line there. The gym is my happy place. Because a lot of people just view it as, 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 as living hell and continue to take themselves off to this place of living hell in yeah. order to try to get somewhere that they think will help them escape their own living hell. Do you know what I mean? And uh, oh. they get there and they don't even feel happy when they get there because they haven't done the changes that you've done um, um, uh, and worked on, on the beliefs and the patterns and the, the mind, you know? So, uh, so just as an ending shot, one of the other fat photos there. So there's okay. that guy, you know, sat there yeah. in the lounge at Manchester Airport. You know, with beer in hand. Um, yeah, you're quite tall as well, aren't you? How tall? I am are you? six foot four. Six mm. foot four as well. So it puts a bit more in the perspective as well. Yeah, and that was the problem. You see, is that um, even even uh, if I show you a photo of me about twenty odd stone, I don't look. You know, if you say something twenty stone, they go, "Oh, that's a lot of weight, don't they?" Yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. I can show you a picture of me at twenty stone. You think? Hey, you you probably say he's about 18, 17, 18. Okay. You know, uh, whereas there on the right, I'm 16 stone, four pounds in that photo. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Chris, over the years, what, what, what would you, this is quite a big question, I think. What would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned over the years, maybe about yourself, about your whole journey? What, what, what's the thing that you've learned, the biggest lesson that you would take from this whole, the last 30, 40 years, I guess? Um, self-care i have to put myself first yeah i cannot help support love be around anybody else if i do not take myself look after myself 
Um, if I don't do that, then I'm, I'm no use to anybody. Um, so for me, it was about accept, one accepting things, you know, acceptance was a massive thing for me. Yep. You know, and also that, you know, I can influence the things around me and it is my decisions that I make, not other people make that I make that, that are the most important thing. And not, you know, I used to worry about everything else that everyone used to think about. And I was a terrible worry. I remember God, when I was a kid, right. Um, this will show my age. So Poland was going, breaking up from the country. Right. Let's throw Lenz, whatever his name was. As a kid, I was worrying about the people in Poland. Why would I worry about the people in Poland? Why? What on earth? You know, and throughout my life, I've ended up picking up people's worries and battles. I go, why? You know, and just letting go of all of that baggage, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, you know, just letting go of it and just focusing on what's important to me. Because if I do that, I'm actually better than everybody else around me. Yeah. 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 Well, it's that whole analogy, isn't it? Or, you know, the planes going down, put your oxygen on first, then you yeah. can help everyone else around you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and that's such a, a great one that, you know, because if I'm not, if I'm not top of my game, you know, if I don't look after myself, right, then I can't look after anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. So, yeah. I think that letting go of things massive as well, what you just touched upon there, because like inside of my programs um, in Invincible, like, I mean, a lot of, of, of mindset programs and, and it's all about adding to you and adding this and adding yeah. that and you need to upgrade that and you need to boost that and you need to uplift that and yeah. everything's about getting bigger, better, stronger, growing, growing, growing. And what I do in my program, a lot of it is, yeah, we need these upgrade our skill sets in certain areas. We need to upgrade some things. But a lot of the time, and, and we do a lot of work on actually doing what you said and just stripping back the fucking baggage. And you, you're actually at that point, you actually have the capability, the skill set. you have everything that you need, but it's distorted and it's weighed down by all of this fucking baggage. Take that off. And, and like, it, it's the same as this. So say you had all of your weight on and you have to do a, 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 an Ironman. Yeah. It's not a case of you need to get fitter so that you can run the Ironman. You can actually lose weight, make yourself lighter, which in turn makes it so much fucking easier. And you still have the capabilities to do an Ironman anyway. So sometimes it's, it's, you've got to let go to grow. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's all you have to do. Sometimes people think that they're so fucked and they're so, the head's so mashed and all of this. And they need to grow. They need to learn this. They need to learn that. They need to fucking read this book and read that book and join this and join that. Yeah. sometimes no you've just got to fucking let go of that shit you've got to yeah. let go of some of your past that's what's holding you back you yeah. actually have the capability to do whatever the fucking hell you want and every single person even every single listener right now has the capability to be anyone that they fucking want at any fucking time yeah. and it doesn't always mean that you've got to add to the fucking bag or add to the mix or make yourself better sometimes yeah. it's just you just got to take some fucking shit away yeah. Do things like you're saying. You've got to put yourself first. You've got to prioritize yourself. You've got to, you've got to learn to say no. You've got to do things that are actually essential to do rather than doing fucking garbage and saying yes to everyone and burning yourself out. Yeah. You've actually got to step back and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. But that means I've got more time to do this. 
No, I'm not going to do that because it means I can, be, I can be there for you at tea time and I can spend the time with you and I spend time with my kids. Sometimes it's just a case of letting go. And I think that's a very big thing that, that I think people should consider. Yeah, is I agree. Do I actually have to add to myself yeah, Or do I actually just need to let go of some fucking shit? Because you can add as much weight to yourself as you want. It isn't always going to get you stronger. You got to fucking, it, it tires you out. Yeah. Having out a load of fucking weight, having a load of problems, having all of this shit, the baggage from your, your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your aunties, your aunts, your friends, having all of their baggage, you might think you're good support and listen to them. But if you aren't ready for a new have too much in your head, and you oh, have yeah. baggage as it is, you're filling something that's already full. Your head's full. You've mm. already had it up to here, as they say. Now you've gotten yourself a Bergen. You've filled yeah. the Bergen on your left shoulder. You're now taking the Bergen on your, your right shoulder. You're just, you're going to fucking, you're going to splatter. You're going to burn out. You're going to, you're really going to fail. You're not going to get anywhere fast carrying two fucking Bergens when you're full and exhausted yourself. Yeah. You've got to put the bag down and say, look, that's your shit. I'm going to support you, but I'm not fucking carrying your load. This no. is your shit. I'm not carrying it. You need to fucking sort your own fucking bullshit out. Yeah. let go of your own stuff resolve some issues that you've had going on in the past resolve some issues that you've got going on now have yourself a bit of a mental and physical declutter clear out your fucking office clear out your mind and then you'll have a lot more freedom and a lot more mobility and a lot more more ease of life so sometimes you've got to let go that was good, that. Yeah, but wow. I agree. I agree, though, because part of the things I learned in 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 the program was in my research program was um, one forgiveness and two saying sorry. But but you know, I don't. You know, I hear people talk about you know, oh well, I don't speak so because they did this. So what? You know, why are you carrying all that around you after all this time? Coming around it, it, It's like I used to be like a sponge. I'd soak up everything. Right, and I'm going. Why? Why do I do that? I don't care. You know, some people will go. Oh well, blah, blah, blah. I was like, why even? Why even bring it? Why do you even care about it? Yeah, it's not even important. I did post on this yes. time you yeah. spent thinking about it, even worrying about it. It's not gonna. You're never gonna get that time back. Mm. And do you and think they're even thinking about you? No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too you busy know, worrying about other people, what they think, and they're too yeah. busy worrying about what everyone else is thinking anyway. Yeah. No and, and I think exactly what Lee said. You know, you're picking up. You know, you you're picking up that bag. I think there's a film up in the eye, up in the air with um, uh, what's his name, um, um, George Clooney, and it reminded me of me because I used to do lots of traveling and staying in hotels. I used to watch it, and um, but he's he was being a motivational, motivational speaking. You know, watching your backpack, and you talk about you know, you got a backpack and you put like your family photos and you put this and you put that, and all of a sudden it gets heavier and it gets heavier, and it's like, you know, what if you could only put you know, if you could put your life into a rucksack, then you've really yeah. got to make some tough decisions yeah. about what's really important in your life. Yeah. I think people will just drag around their burdens forever and there's no need because yeah. if it's in the past, it's in the past. You can't alter it. You can't change it. Yeah. I think people are learning a lot from lockdown and they're learning a lot about this and, and realizing, like you said it earlier yourself, like realizing what's actually important. Yeah. And, and, and I find it, lockdowns really, like, I can find so many positives for lockdown. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, even getting yourself that break from 
from other people. And, and some people who are like sponges who take on everyone's problems are actually having a bit of a break and a bit of a step back from yeah. some people because they can't communicate, because they can't bump into them, they can't take on the problems and things like that. They can't get into their house, they can't go and sit around and they can't be in the middle of things because they can't exactly. be there. Yeah, they've got, yeah. Mm. So they're learning, oh, hang on a minute, I don't even actually have to do that. I don't even actually have to uh, do this in my business. I don't even actually have to do that for them or whatever. They can actually do it themselves. And and, and, and people are learning a lot about themselves and, and they're actually stripping themselves back during lockdown. A lot of people, mind you, during this lockdown have, have stripped themselves back and thought, fucking hell, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> and they've realized I don't like it. And those are the people who are rebelling against it all and, and yeah. freaking out right now. But again, that comes down to that acceptance of accept who you are. If you don't like it, fucking change it. Yeah. Don't just rant on and, and, and do fuck all about it. Change it because change is easier than you think. Yeah, it's a long road. It's a long journey. And, and, and it's probably going to be a bit uncomfortable, but change just comes from making a fucking decision. Yeah. Make a decision, a committed yeah. decision, give yourself a time frame, and fucking go for it. And it has to start, though, by having the recognition that you can make a change and not blaming it on genes, on situation and bloody scenario. Lockdown. You know I mean? Lockdown. Yeah, lockdown. yeah. too right. Yeah, I know it's great. Oh, it's Bob Boris's fault. It's all this. It's all that. Well, you make the most, you know, don't get, and I'm sure there are some, you know, genuine people who, who have struggled. But then again, mm-hmm. the majority of the population all bought new hot tubs, all had their yeah. houses done. Yeah. You know, all did, you know, but everything, you know, the Amazon have never been so busy. Mate, I've, everyone talks about how this year has been terrible and I can't wait for 2021. I've had a great year this year. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, but I know people have had it hard, but we've all had it hard. But I've made a, a bad year pretty good because you can, right? Yeah. If, if you're struggling with lockdown, you're struggling with yourself. That's what I'm yeah. going to say. Mm. That's, that's the top and bottom bit. If, if, you're, if you're happy within yourself, if you're happy within your own company, yeah. if you're happy within who you are as a being and happy within your capabilities as a being to, yeah. to be able to get through stuff, to be resilient or whatever, to be able to manage, to be independent. If you're happy with all, all of those things, you, you only really need yourself essentially to, to you, you are taking yourself through life, whether you're getting advice from everybody else, you're the one who does the work. You're the one who is actually navigating your own life. Right? Yeah. Like, so most people who are unhappy with lockdown are unhappy with themselves. And I'm going to say that, and I think it's true. Um, and if you are unhappy with lockdown, maybe ask yourself that question. Am I unhappy with lockdown here? Or am I actually unhappy with my own circumstances in, in, in the position that I'm kind of in? Or, or am I unhappy with, with my actions in the past or the position that I put myself in? Or am I unhappy with myself mentally, physically, emotionally? And if you are, perfect fucking time for yeah. you to sort it out. Stop yeah. on Facebook, scrolling Facebook, joining these fucking conspiracy bloody bandwagon yeah. loads of fucking shite wasting your time how about you jump onto something that actually improve your life and, and accept it because there's three people on here who is perfectly fine with lockdown yeah. and if we can be perfectly fine with it and there's millions of people who still are perfectly fine so can fucking you yeah. you can you can be perfectly fine with lockdown too if you want to change your thinking if you're willing to change your thinking then there you go. The options are there. The things that the things are in place. There's programs in place. There's two programs on this fucking call right now. My program and Phil's program. Yeah. And then if you want to change your body as well, there's bloody three programs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like not to be talking about the programs. Start yeah. to say. I just want to. Here's a dog. Change your life. You know what I mean. <laughs> oh. There he is. Look at that. 
Chris, last question. We've been here for, we've kept you for a while, mate. I want to, I want to ask you a question. What's, yeah. um, what's one or two or three, whatever key strategies, tools, things that you implement right now that you would, you would recommend to anyone, anyone to do who, um, who wants to keep themselves on point, do you know what I mean? Or, or what, what sort of tools do you implement in your lifestyle right now to keep you? Uh, so um, a good morning routine. Yep. What whatever, whatever time your morning is, right, and I've had a debate with my wife about this, is that, but if your morning is 11 o'clock or your morning is 5 a.m., that morning routine, when you get up, those first three, four, five things you do every day that set your day up are critical. And I'm, I'm saying about the time of day because I don't want you to go, oh, 5 a.m. club is like, yeah. you no, know, you know, but it's those things you do. So for me, you know, I get up. Um, uh, before I do anything else, I have um, a big thing full of juice, squash, because um, I don't like water. Um, so I rehydrate my body. Then I take my vitamins. Then I put the, and as I'm putting the kettle on, I take my vitamins. So they're in the cupboard above the kettle. So it's a habit now. I then have a coffee. I then journal. Um, I depends on how I'm feeling. I may meditate or I may not, depending if I need to get my stating point. Um, and then I just um, re, I read, write, and post, uh, which is my new thing over the past sort of 50 days. But that sets me up. Mm. You know, so so that's the first tip is, is have a morning routine. The second thing that I do is I am always, I'm sure you do this in your programs, I am always looking for my little wins in the day that will make me feel better, which is whether it's I didn't eat that because I knew that it was going to be bad or I prepped some food or I sent a gratitude or I've done something that um, that has you know put moved me forward you know so I do you know two to some three little things three little wins a day are really important for me to capture um, so that I've got them there um, then I think the final thing is an evening routine you know because by building this and beginning of the day and end of the day I am just finishing my day so i'm not going to sleep properly because i think for me sleep is is really important it's one area that i've been focusing on because i've struggled in the transition from corporate world to running my own business i've got a lot more going on in my mind because previously in the corporate world i could almost shut it off going i'm off the clock now whereas now i've got all these great ideas or i'm thinking about things or whatever so for me having that routine of document you know just shutting my mind down is and then getting it ready and going, right, you know, I'm transitioning. I'm, you know, beginning of the day, I'm getting ready, going to take the day on full throttle, documenting things for the day that, that are going to make me feel good. And then at the end of the day, shutting my brain down so I'm going to have a good night's sleep. Those for me are three things. And by doing that, you know, I can put them into the food context, I can put them in the mindset context. But if I'm doing them, I'm actually set and I'm keeping myself on track. Nice. I love it. Last of all, mate, Transform 365. Yes, mate. What is that all about? Uh, so that's uh, uh, my new, uh, one of my new businesses. So I've got two. Um, I've got an executive coaching business called ExecX, where I work with uh, previous versions of myself um, who need coaching around their, you know, how they deal with the corporate ladder. Uh, and then, but my real passion is Transform 365. So that's 
uh, working with my new part, business partner, Dom, uh, who's a performance coach. We are uh, looking at, uh, we have sort of several programs. We've got our T, Transform 365, which is a year long. Uh, we're going to transform your life. Um, we will you know, look at how you lose weight, how your relationship with food, and it's full on you know, accountability working with me one-on-one. Um, and if you've ever seen a year to save your life, was it Jesse Pavlenko yeah, or something like that? Pav- yeah, I am going to be the yeah. UK version of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. I, because, um, so uh, what we do is, you know, first thing I go into, you know, spend a lot of time talking with people. Uh, we go to houses, you know, so we have quality check-ins at their house. Yeah. There's no hiding, you know. Yeah. Goes, yeah, I'm on track. I'm on track. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm at your door. <laughs> yeah, I'm at your door. Yeah. Um, and in that, you know, but we are, you know, yes, we will provide meal plans. Yes, you know, we've got an app for people, but for us, it's about, you know, looking at the whole mindset and how we change and how to get in a relationship. You know, and for me, what we didn't cover before was it's about the gradual weight loss because I've been really lucky in the weight I've lost. I haven't got any saggy skin. Now, people who have done drastic weight loss, you don't see them. They go have surgery and everything else. Well, if you do it gradually, you give your skin chance to retract, mm-hmm. right? And it and you shouldn't, you know. Now, I'll never have a six pack because I've got, I've got saggy skin, but I've got some loose skin. But it's nowhere near. It doesn't need surgery. Yeah. It just means that when I get really slim, I've got skin. I've got some skin there. Um, and then obviously we've got, um, uh, we do a T28 program with, these are for people who just want to kickstart their mindset, kickstart kick their diet. You know, it's, it's very much about accountability. And then we have a, uh, a Transform X program where we work with people who are looking to not go to Slimming World, not go to Weight Watchers, but want to be working with a group of people. You know, they know they need to go to the gym. They know they need to eat properly, but they need that support not the full on accountability of me harassing them every day, sorry, supporting them every day, yeah. <laughs> uh, but working with a group uh, and, you know, uh, and just sort of um, transfer those. So we've got three programs um, and yeah, it's really exciting. So Wicked. really exciting. Good for you, mate. Oh. I love so, it. So yeah. wait, for, wait, you can see me on Sky TV. Hopefully that's, we'll it, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. See, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Top man. This has been a, this has been a really good chat, mate. Really, really good chat. Lee, you got anything else to add? No, I'm good. Thank you very, very, very much, Chris Tibbetts. No mm, worries. Very, very good indeed. 110 kilos. I didn't realise it was that much. Yes. <laughs> what an achievement, mate. Well done. Good right, luckily, I've got the photos to prove it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Too right. Brilliant. Mate, right, well, really thanks so much, gents. I really appreciate it. Um, and I can't wait to hear this uh, when it gets Yeah, all good, released. mate. I've right, been Phil Highland. He's Lee Hogarth. That's Chris Tibbetts. Does contain nuts. Peace.